From Seoul, Korea, KBS World Radio News Today starts right now. On today's broadcast, calling Turkey a blood brother, South Korea will dispatch some 110 rescue workers and provide $5 million in humanitarian aid to the quake-stricken country. A Seoul court orders the government to compensate a Vietnamese national who lost family members in a civilian massacre carried out by South Korean troops during the Vietnam War. And prosecutors search some 40 locations linked to a development project in Songnam City while DP Chief Lee Jae-myung was mayor. This is KBS World Radio News. I'm Tom McCarthy. President Yoon Suk-yeol has called for the prompt transportation of rescue personnel and medical supplies aboard military planes to support quake-stricken Turkey. According to Yoon's office on Tuesday, the president ordered the foreign ministry and the South Korean diplomatic mission in the country to closely cooperate with Turkish authorities to provide support. Yoon also specifically urged the foreign ministry to lead coordination with related ministries on additional support for the devastated country. According to the foreign ministry, the government will dispatch some 110 rescue workers to the country and provide 5 million U.S. dollars in emergency humanitarian aid. Early Tuesday, the president expressed condolences via social media to those who have lost their loved ones in the disaster, adding that South Korea is prepared to assist Korean War blood brothers Turkey in every way. The death toll from Monday's earthquakes and aftershocks in southeastern Turkey, bordering Syria, has reportedly surpassed 4,000 in the two countries. A local court has ordered the government to compensate a Vietnamese national who lost family members in a civilian massacre carried out by South Korean troops during the Vietnam War. The ruling, issued by the Seoul Central District Court on Tuesday, marks the first recognition of the South Korean government's responsibility for damages in connection to the historical event. The court sided with the 63-year-old plaintiff, Nguyen Thi Tan, demanding 30 million won, or nearly 24,000 U.S. dollars, plus damages incurred due to the delay. Nguyen filed the suit in April 2020 on the grounds that South Korean troops killed some 70 villagers, including her family, in the town of Dianban in Gwangnam province during the Vietnam War in 1968. The South Korean government contended that Viet Cong combatants could have disguised themselves as South Korean troops, while also arguing that such an act by actual South Korean soldiers would have been justifiable within the context of guerrilla warfare. Prosecutors investigating corruption allegations surrounding the Wire and Daejeongdong development projects launched a raid of locations linked to another project in Baekhyundong in Songnam, Gyeonggi province. The Seoul Central District Prosecutor's Office on Tuesday sent prosecutors and investigators to Songnam City Hall, the Songnam Development Corporation, and private real estate development company Asia Developer to obtain evidence. Around 40 locations are being searched, including the residences of two close associates of main opposition Democratic Party leader Lee Jae-myung. The prosecution suspects that the Songnam city government granted administrative favors to Asia developer in 2015, which took the lead on a high-profile apartment project in the city's Baekhyundong area. The raid comes as the DP chief was summoned for a second round of questioning by the prosecution over his alleged role in the development projects while mayor of the city. He will appear for questioning on Friday. 
The Seoul city government has postponed the enforcement of an administrative execution to dismantle a memorial altar set up in front of City Hall by the families of Itaewon crowd crush victims. Seoul Vice Mayor for Political Affairs Oh Shin Hwan said on Tuesday that the city has decided on a postponement until the end of this week in consideration of the family's grief, despite the fact that they abruptly and illegally established the unauthorized altar at Seoul Plaza. The vice mayor emphasized that dismantling the unapproved altar in the plaza is an appropriate course of action by the relevant administrative agency. He then requested that, by Sunday, the families propose a new location besides Nokseopyeong Station nearby the site of the tragedy, as previously suggested by the city government. The city had earlier given the families a deadline of 1 p.m. Monday, then 1 p.m. Wednesday, to take down the altar. Foreign Minister Park Jin voiced support for resolving the wartime forced labor issue by accepting Tokyo's comprehensive upholding of the Joint Declaration of 1998, expressing remorse and offering an apology for its colonial-era atrocities. The minister issued the position in response to a question during Monday's parliamentary interpolation session on whether Seoul was willing to accept a show of remorse based on past statements in lieu of a fresh apology, as Japan's Kyoto News reported Tokyo was considering last month. Stating that Japanese companies linked to wartime forced labor are refusing to recognize their responsibility, Pak said Tokyo must express its remorse for the past. He said one method can be for Tokyo to uphold its past apologies and explicitly recognize them, which the two sides are discussing. Until now, the government has called for a sincere response from Tokyo as Seoul's Foundation for Victims of Forced Mobilization by Imperial Japan seeks to compensate the victims by proxy. The ruling and opposition parties traded swipes at key figures of the other camp facing prosecutorial investigations on the first day of the National Assembly's inquiries with government officials on Monday. Ruling People Power Party lawmakers highlighted allegations that funds sent to North Korea by former Sangbangul Group Chief Kim Sung-tae were partly meant to finance a trip by main opposition Democratic Party Chief Lee Jae-myung to the north. The DP, on its part, repeated its calls for a probe into stock manipulation allegations involving First Lady Kim Gun-hee. A DP lawmaker also asked Prime Minister Han Duk-soo to comment on suspicions that a fortune teller was involved in the president's choice of relocation for the presidential residence. The Prime Minister denied the suspicions. The government plans to open the domestic foreign exchange market to overseas institutions from as early as the second half of 2024, with an eye to gradually shift to 24-hour operations. The decision to open the market and initially extend trading by 10.5 hours was announced on Tuesday as part of a plan by the Finance Ministry and the Bank of Korea to restructure the foreign currency market. In a bid to increase access to the market, the government will allow entry by overseas institutions without requiring a local branch or an account with a local institution. To guarantee the effectiveness of overseas participation, the market closing hours will be extended from the current 3.30 p.m. to 2 a.m., with authorities considering around-the-clock operations. The government plans to submit a revision to the foreign exchange transaction law by the third quarter of this year and conduct a trial run early next year. The number of bodies recovered from a fishing boat that capsized in southwestern waters on Saturday reached five by the end of Monday. According to the Mokpo branch of the Korea Coast Guard, the body of a fifth crew member yet to be identified was found inside the vessel named Cheongbo at 5.46 p.m. 
Earlier on Monday, rescuers first found the body of the vessel's chief engineer at 3.20 a.m., with the remains of two crew members recovered around noon before another body was retrieved at 4.17 p.m., all inside the boat. With the retrieval of the five bodies, four people, including the captain, remain missing. Three of the crew, reported to be two Koreans and an Indonesian, were rescued by a nearby boat after the incident. The 24-ton fishing boat, carrying 12 crew members, including three foreign nationals, overturned in waters 16.6 kilometers west of Debichi Island off the southwestern county of Xinan, South Jola Province, at around 11 p.m. on Saturday. The benchmark Korea Composite Stock Price Index rose 13.52 points, or 0.55% on Tuesday, to close the day at 2,451.71. And that's the news from KBS World Radio's News Center in Seoul. I'm Tom McCarthy.